getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Take you around the Big 12 a little bit. Uh, lots of folks gathered outside of Jones Stadium on Saturday prior to the 3 o'clock kickoff watching the end of Alabama and Texas. What It appeared for a moment that Texas was going to pull off the big upset and their field goal kicker with the last name of Auburn uh, kicked a field goal to put them ahead. But Alabama came back and got one of their own and won 20 to 19. Does this mean that Texas is better than we thought? Or is this Alabama's sluggish? Or is there a little bit of both? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I, I definitely think that you have to give the Longhorns some credit for that. Mm-hmm. But you would have to think that Bama, you know, kind of probably points the finger at themselves a little bit too. They look pretty undisciplined and off in that game as well. Quinn Ewers goes down with a shoulder injury. He's out for a number of weeks. Hudson Card in relief, 14 of 22, 158. So uh, Quinn Ewers will not be here uh, next week when uh, the Red Raiders take on Texas. And um, we could find out today uh, a time for that. I I, I have a, I hope I'm wrong. I just kind of have a feeling that's an 11 a.m. game. I don't have a feeling. Okay. Well, I mean, I again, I, 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 that's just my my feeling. My, this my, comes from just my my gut. Okay. Okay. And I hope it. I hope I'm. I hope I'm as wrong as I was about Saturday's outcome. Uh, Oklahoma, no problems with Kent State, thirty-three to three. How about Baylor and BYU? Two overtimes. BYU takes them down despite being down a couple of their receivers as they beat the number nine Bears, twenty-six to twenty, and. And two OTs. Yeah, fun game to watch. That was uh, entertaining. Way to go, BYU. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all about that. Oklahoma State, uh, little to no problems with Arizona State. Cowboys ranked number 11, win 34-17. to 17. Uh, Texas Tech now receiving votes in the latest AP poll, Jamie. Got 17. Okay. Okay. So respect. Not, not in the top. Don't win on Saturday. You'll be in the top 25. Yeah, you're probably, that's it. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you beat a top 25 team two weeks in a row, you'll be in the top 25. Uh, K-State, no problem with Missouri, 40-12. to 12. That game was delayed numerous times because of lightning and storms and things like that. How about Iowa State? They went over Iowa 10-7. <laughs> you talked to – you said – I think you said, is this going to be another 9-7 game between these two teams? Gosh, how boring. Yeah. 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 Good, for, good win for Iowa State, though. Uh, Kansas winning in overtime over West Virginia, 55-42. The Jayhawks – Led 49-42 and then got a pick six and they went ahead and ran it in, which... It was fun to watch the what? Kansas sideline. I'll tell him the guy to go down and he just keeps running. I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't be going down either. Right. I would have taken it back to the house sure. too. That was truly a fun game to watch. I, I re- thoroughly enjoyed watching that game after Tech was over. I, I That was that was a lot of fun. Um, I, Kansas definitely looks improved and... Oh boy, West Virginia just couldn't stop beating themselves over mm-hmm. and over again. And 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 again, that's not to take away anything away from Kansas. I came away impressed with them, but not impressed like they're going to challenge for the the championship. Sure. But impressed as in they're not. They've like, got more than a. Pulse. They're not number fourteen in the Big Twelve rankings anymore. They might just be ten. Okay, okay. <laughs> but actually, they might be nine because they just beat West Virginia on the road. Mm-hmm. So um, that I don't know how. Neil Brown's team just looked like they didn't show up at all. I think he's in big trouble. Yeah, I, I was surprised that he didn't get let go this weekend. Yeah, me too. 
Uh, West Virginia got out to a 14 nothing lead. Kansas 21 in the second uh, to take a lead. Well, they were they were down 28-21 at the half, and then they got 14 in yeah, K- the... KU was up 11, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter and should have put the game away, and uh, all the West Virginia fans gave up. They left, and uh, KU... You know, found a way to <laughs> let West Virginia come back and tie well, it's, it. It's a KU way. <laughs> uh, boy, it was fun. It was a fun game to watch, though. I think I saw, because by, by the time I got to the Overton for the post game, um, and I looked down at my phone and kind of where they were in overtime, I think I, I think I, the only play I think I saw was the pick six. It just happened to, just happened to catch it. Uh, TCU with no problems over Tarleton, uh, winning 59-17. to 17. So, um, I guess maybe what we learned is, is Baylor not as good as we thought? Is um, I don't know that I'm ready to say that I learned that. Okay. Just because, I, I, um, you know, is BYU good? Mm-hmm. Maybe BYU is good. It's on the road. I mean, who knows? You know, UTSA won at Army. Uh, you, we talked about barely. Yeah, but is that I mean, to feel good about or bad about? I, I think anytime. I, I don't. I I feel less about UTSA barely winning okay. at Army. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So that means I feel less about Houston, which means I feel a little bit less about Tech. Boy, it sure had a weird feel in the stadium on Saturday. It would, the the. There wasn't the energy in the in the stadium that there was for week one. Um, I mean, it was warm. I'll, I'll say that it was it was hot for everybody for you know a good part of the ball game. And then you know the, the and I will say this for the students, um, the ones that were that are down and to the left of me, there was still a really good crowd at the end of the game. It wasn't packed, mm-hmm. but there was still a really good crowd at the end of the game. I mean, it was people people stayed. You know, listening to. Second, third quarter. No, no. But I guess just the entire second quarter on the radio, and Brian Jensen was really frustrated with the student section. Yeah, and and I yeah. I, I thought a little bit. I thought some of that was unfair. Just just based on what I was observing in front of me. Okay. I thought some of that was was unfair. I, I've seen I've seen more leave sooner than I saw Saturday, and because when we got to well, our so you, I mean. So just comparatively speaking towards others, they weren't as bad? They didn't leave as much? Or they just still, they left, a lot left? No, I don't think a lot left. At least in where, where I was, okay? Where, where I was down and to the left of me. I thought it was still a really good crowd, even at the at second overtime for, for the students, his, based on the last few years, okay? In similar situations. Okay, I just, comparatively speaking. Comparatively speaking. I thought, it was, I thought it was much improved, actually. Um, so I thought that was a bit unfair. Um, when we got to the stadium, the student section on, on the east side below us was already full. They were already turning students away and telling them to go either the north end or the south end. Now, there were big patches that were that was, that was empty at the stadium. The announced crowd, somebody wants to know what was the announced attendance. 56,271 uh, was, the, was the ticket sold. Um, and so I had heard that they were just a couple thousand away from a sellout. So that makes, that makes sense based on what, you know, based on what you'd, what you'd seen going into the game. Um, but in regards to, uh, the student section, I was coming back in right around halftime and there was a, a, 
I don't say a mass exodus, but a, a definite medium exit exit with exodus. a bunch of student fans. Um, and when I was asking them, guys, this is a pretty good game. They're like, it is so hot. It was it's warm. kind of the the general consensus I got from everybody on the way back. Yeah, it was. It was. You warm. were asking the students. Is I was like, guys, the game's that way. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> And nobody gave you a one finger salute or a four arm. No, I just I get the so hot kind of look and comment from everyone on the way back. It was warm. Uh, somebody says I was at the game. The student section was great. Facts. Okay, yeah. all right. And somebody yeah. else says that uh, somebody else agreeing with you too. So yeah, yeah I I, just, I I was not there, so I, I, I got to say go it was just it was just it was improved. Okay, it was it was improved, and I think it was by townies too. It was improved. It wasn't. I did talk to a guy yesterday who um, he had to do the walk of shame, a uh, buddy of mine. He, after, uh, after Houston took the lead uh, there in the fourth quarter, he, he got up and said he'd seen enough, and he and his wife left, and he went to the concourse, and then uh, Trey Wolf kicks the field goal to tie it up, and he had to go back to his seats, and his son wore him out for, for leaving and giving up. So I said, you had to do a little walk of shame, huh? He said, Yeah. And they stayed stayed till the uh, to the good end, Jamie. <laughs> Six forty on the morning drive. Uh, this I don't agree with Chuck often, but I agree that the student section was much improved. I was impressed. Okay, see, so it's the the ones that don't agree with me usually when they have to swallow that a little bit and admit that, then I know that I'm that's really the, right. That's the agree of shame. <laughs> the agree of shame. Yes. This day in sports history is next. Big plays and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Time for this day in sports history. Today is September the 12th, 2022. Here is Jeff McGuire. Going to start us off in 1922 because official Morning Drive marathoner Pavlo <laughs> Nermi runs a world record 5,000 meter. 14 minutes, 35.4 seconds. If he wasn't so successful, I would be like, why do you keep bringing up his name? But man, he's just, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Dude is killing like, it. Again, this is why we keep bringing him up and I why know, he is the official marathon runner of the morning drive. I know. It's awesome. 1930, Brooklyn catcher Al Lopez hits the major league's last recorded bounce home run. I'm guessing this is uh, very quickly followed by the ground rule double or a book rule double. Excuse me. So they would have had to have changed the rule at some mm -hmm. point. Yeah, I guess. Wow. So. I didn't even know such a thing existed. I didn't either. I didn't. I did not either. So it used to be if it bounced over the wall, that was a home run. Well, because the ball went over the wall. Yeah. I mean, I guess that would be the concept. But mm -hmm. then they said, nah, that didn't work right. <laughs> That's a bad deal there. It's because the ground's hard. It didn't rain in Brooklyn or wherever. 1954, White Sox win their 90th game of the season. Mm. It was the first time they would have that many wins since 1920. That's my team, guys. 1976, Seattle Seahawks play their first regular season game, falling to St. Louis 30-24. 1979, Carl Yastrzemski hits his 3,000th Major League 1984, New York Met Dwight Gooden sets a rookie strikeout record of 251. 
That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Guys, when I say the name Paul Molitor, what do you think of? A very basic batting stance. Um, just a really consistent. I said three, solid in my head. Yeah, consistent, like 320 hitter. Mm-hmm. Nothing spectacular. More of a singles guy than a power guy. So mm-hmm. he was never just loved or was never a superstar. But If you uh, needed a hit, he yeah. could get one. Yeah. On this day in 1993, at 37, he becomes the oldest player to reach 100 RBI for the first time in his career. Yeah, see, I mean, not not a big run producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1995, quite possibly the longest win streak in, prof- in professional basketball history is snapped. The Harlem Globetrotters' 8,829-game win streak is snapped by the by Kareem's All Stars, ninety-one to eighty-five. <laughs> I finally played somebody. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had forty-eight at forty-eight, scored thirty-four points. Of course he did. Yeah, I, and I do think that is the longest streak, Jeff. Yeah, eight thousand games. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen ninety-nine U.S. Men's Tennis. Andre Agassi wins his second and final U.S. title. Beats fellow American Todd Martin, 6'4", 6'7", 6'7", 6'3", 6'2". Let's go, Andre. And in 2011, nope, yeah, 2011, U.S. men's tennis. Novak Djokovic wins his first U.S. title, beats Rafa Nadal, 6'2", 6'4", 6'7", 6'1". Yeah, you could have left that out. It is National Chocolate Milkshake Day. Uh, lucky lady, big fan of the chocolate milkshake. I am. Uh, I don't know that I've ever had one. What? I would prefer That's... a strawberry or uh, something you, else. You've had a chocolate malt though. Mm. You've never had a chocolate malt. I don't think I don't really I thought like. We were the talking malt. about milkshakes. I don't right. like the malt. The milkshake and the malt is it adds it's powder, the, and that's the difference. Yeah, some, you add the powder, but the, the gives different. It, yeah. So why'd we flip? I mean, we're talking about milkshakes. Well, no, we aren't. It's the the chocolate <laughs> aspect of it. I also prefer a vanilla or strawberry to a chocolate milkshake, but I have in fact had a chocolate milkshake before. I couldn't I, tell you the last that one is, I had. That is maybe the boldest statement that you've ever made to say that I've never tried I don't think a chocolate I, milkshake. I don't think I've ever had one. I think I've always gone oppo. But just. <laughs> a couple seconds ago, you said, I can't tell you the last time I had yeah, one. No, I which can't. insinuates that you've had one before. Well, I don't think I've ever had one. I don't. I, I, I really don't. I think in the You've history, never tried a chocolate milkshake. Oh, I, I'm, well, that's, I'm not that's amazing. That's, that is I don't think I've amazing. ever had a full chocolate milkshake. Okay. Uh, couple of, <laughs> uh, I wasn't there, so I was, that's, that's really amazing. You though. don't want to be, you're not really around me, but you, you spend enough time with me here. Yeah, I'm not going to follow you around. That's just not what I do. <coughs> right. Got uh, it. A couple of birthdays I missed from over the weekend okay. that I definitely should have gotten to. Both of them on Saturday. Happy birthday, former Texas Tech offensive lineman Brandon Carter. <laughs> turned 36. Wow. And uh, somebody that knows Chuck pretty well turned 28. Man, of course I met Chuck. That's my guy. I saw that. Oh, I saw that it was his birthday. I wished him happy birthday. So I feel bad that I didn't get those out. I, okay. Mm. That's a party fell on my part. Uh, happy birthday today to Jennifer Hudson, who's 41. Freddie Freeman, 33. Andrew Luck, 33. Yao Ming, 43. Wow. And Vernon Maxwell, 58. 
Yao Ming just 43. Seems like he should be older than that. And he just felt like he was old when he was yeah. playing in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And on this day in 1988, Hurricane Gilbert slams into Jamaica, killing hundreds of people. The storm went on to cause death and destruction in Mexico and spur a batch of tornadoes here in the state of Texas. With wind speeds reaching 175 miles per hour, the Category 5 hurricane devastated Jamaica. 40-mile-wide eye as it crossed the island. Hurricane covered the entire island. The tin roofs that covered most homes there were no match for the winds. About 80% of the country... Uh, island's homes were seriously damaged, and approximately half a million people of the country's two million people were left homeless. Nearly every home on the island lost electricity. Worst of all, 200 people lost their lives. Mm. And that is this day in sports history. All right. 6.52 this morning here on the morning drive. Uh, let's see here. Somebody says this. Uh, gone oppo title of Chuck's autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, let's see here. Pepsi man weighs in. Good morning guys from Lubbock, Texas home, sweet home. What a great win for the red Raiders this weekend. Hey Chuck, I'm going to bring you a chocolate shake for the longhorn game. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> People are calling foul on that. Uh, somebody wants to know what's your beef with uh, Novak, JL? Uh, arrogance, but mostly he disrespected Federer. Okay. So that's why pretty much everybody in the tennis world doesn't like him. Okay. Yeah. So he's he's out. Yeah, just but but extremely arrogant guy. Six fifty three this morning here on the morning drive. We'll have uh, high school fan zone tonight. Coaches from uh, Estacado and Coronado. They will not be happy. Uh, <clears throat> Coronado, uh, man, they put up a heck of a fight at Wichita Falls Rider the other night. They did. Um, got close, but did not uh, did not win. They they led for a lot of that game, uh, but could not uh, could not close it out. They end up losing twenty eight twenty four to Ryder, and then Estacado lost to Paladero thirty one to twenty at home. So that uh, that won't be that's not happy either. Mm -mm. Um, you know, mm -mm. friendship with a victory over Monterey. Does that mean that Clint Scott is 0 for 3 in play by play this year? Oh, is that right? Mm -hmm. Man. I think he did Maybe. Monterey, then Coronado, and now Estacado. Now Estacado, he's a kiss of death, then, isn't he? Well, <laughs> so if you see Clint Scott coming so your way. So, who do you want to send him to next? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, friendship with a big win. Uh, they took down uh, Monterey 39-26 and Lubbock Cooper uh, with a win as well. They won at uh, Wiley on Friday night. So congratulations to the Cooper Pirates. They won 33-28. We'll have high school football on uh, Friday night as well. So uh, Flyover Guy says this, 1,000 shames upon you, Chuck, for never having a chocolate milkshake. Hmm. <laughs> you like chocolate, right? Yeah, I just so it seems like you would have tried it at some it, point. I like oh, I like mix, milkshake. I might this have vanilla had, milkshake is good. I love chocolate bars. I'll, I'll try chocolate milkshake. I, I just I don't and think never, I've really. I'm, you no. just uh, this vanilla is good. I'm not going to try anything else. I, I mean, like that a, sounds like Jamie there. I like a vanilla milkshake with real strawberries in it. 
I, I prefer strawberry. Strawberry is my favorite. Yeah. If you had to, mm-hmm. if you had to ask me, I'd take a strawberry milkshake that over pretty I much I even take anything. the Oreo one over regular chocolate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm with you on that. I will take a death by chocolate milkshake right now. <clears throat> All right. Just before seven, when you get to the Cowboys, we'll, we'll do that. We'll talk do more we Red Raiders. Do we? Uh, <laughs> do I mean, have to? Do we can't we to? just talk about Houston? That's a much better game to talk about. <laughs> Most likely. The one but, that they tied? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh goodness, that was fluently. I, I wanted to throw a screwdriver through my TV to get to the Cardinals and Chiefs game, but I was thinking about you at that point. <laughs> oh my God, it just made me so mad. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Nice to have you with us this morning. You can uh, participate like many have already on the Double T ninety seven three mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. We've been uh, talking pretty much exclusively about the Red Raiders. And their double overtime win over Houston on Saturday. Texas Tech will take on North Carolina State this coming Saturday, week three of the football season. The next at home on the 24th of September will be a week from Saturday against Texas, team that lost to number one Oklahoma on Saturday, 21-19. to Man, how about the Aggies losing to Appalachian State? Boy, was, oh boy. That's a shocker. I talked to a friend of mine last night, or yesterday, and he said that Really, it should have been worse. Appy State should have won by a couple of touchdowns. Oof. Yeah, it was just, it was just awful. Mm-hmm. You know, all those, uh, all that talk about Jimbo Fisher. You know, hey, never say never. You know, West Virginia's home. <laughs> I wonder, if, I wonder if somebody down in College Station pull out the checkbook this morning and write him a big old fat check because <laughs> there may be an opening with Neil Brown and West Virginia losing uh, to Kansas. Might have his opportunity, right? I would have thought if West Virginia was going to make that move, they would have made it yes, already. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, so I don't. I agree. At least after this week, I don't think there's an opening, and I don't think the Aggies are going to bail on Jimbo Fisher after one bad loss. No, probably not. But that was a that was a really bad one. Um, That'd be a really big check to write to. Yes, it would. It would. How about Marshall with former Tech quarterback Henry Columbia going into Notre Dame and winning there? Yeah, that's obviously massive. That's, massive. That was pretty cool. And picking up a check, yeah. too, right? And picking up a check. Appy mm-hmm. State's check at uh, A&M was a million and a half. That's a good chunk of change. That's a good chunk of change, plus a win. <laughs> Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, Marshall's plane, uh, there was a problem with it, which, mm. you know, mechanically speaking, I mean, you would think that they'd be extremely cautious, and they were. They had to go back to their hotel. Their hotel was sold out. So guys were like sleeping in the hallway and in conference rooms and things like that. Then they had a early wake-up call. Uh, I think they finally left about 4.30 in the morning and then landed and then had to drive a couple hours home. Oh, man. Yeah. So Much easier to do after a win, though. Yeah. Much yeah. easier to do. Yeah, so that no, 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 a, no doubt about I, it. I see Nebraska. I think $15 million they had to pay Scott Frost to go away. Yeah, and it would have gone down by a couple of million if they'd have waited. And excuse me, it was Appalachian State that had the problem with the travel. It wasn't Marshall; it was Appalachian oh, State. App State. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, um, and I, I correct myself there real quick. Um, you know, with um, with regard to Scott Frost, uh, I guess they just decided, hey, we're going to go ahead and just cut our losses now. I mean, they. they when the, the way that they've lost this year, you know, um, and he was already on the hot seat coming in. I guess they just could not wait until October 1. 
to save themselves a couple of million dollars. But that just tells you how much money Nebraska has. They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. <laughs> you know, no, no, no question. No yeah, question I think about they knew their fan base would have lost their mind. Mm. They didn't make that move. Just yes. like Kirby Hoka and the administration here at Tech last year knew that the fan base had given up mm-hmm. and they weren't going to show up yeah. unless Matt Wells was relieved of his duties when he was. You know, and, and Scott Frost was one of their own too. You know, he he led Nebraska to a national championship as a quarterback. You mean two? Matt Wells wasn't one of our own. No, I was thinking about Cliff. You know, I was thinking about Coach Kingsbury. Oh, okay. That's what I was thinking about was mm-hmm. Coach Coach Kingsbury's. You know, sorry. Sometimes my sometimes I have these thoughts in my head in my brain. Yeah. And I think yeah. I've communicated them. Yeah. And I and I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing that at home here yeah. lately. Going. No, that, I told you about that. No, you didn't. I'm like, well, I told you about that in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And and I think most of us did know that Scott Frost played quarterback at Nebraska. Okay. That's just trying to, you know, trying to tie a big old bow on that. He was pretty good, too. And safety for the Jets also. Yeah. (laughs) 7.19 this morning here on the morning drive. Um so apparently Mark Stoops is a candidate. So is Matt Campbell, of course, Iowa State coach. He's going to get out. Probably now is the time to get out, but mm-hmm. I don't know if either one of those guys would be just They can take successful. the job now. <laughs> <laughs> they can't take the they cannot they cannot, college football they can, cannot take the job. Can he can he go coach can, them this week? Cannot take the job today. No. I mean, no. he could. Yeah. I'm sure Nebraska could write that check and Iowa State would figure it out, and they would welcome the the buyout from the contract, and the rest of the Big Twelve would go. Finally, yeah, no, no surprise though that uh, Scott Frost was the first one fired. No, he just felt like that was coming all off season. I mean, the two that I think most of us wondered about, feeling like if there was a hiccup was Nebraska and West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Nebraska made their move. West Virginia said, uh, we'll, we'll sit it or wait it out a little bit. Yeah, they still owe Neil Brown quite a bit of money. And so maybe that's the decision. Maybe that's the reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, All right. Uh, this from the Gates Morning Center chat line from Josh. Has Tech impressed or was this start imp- expected? I'll say this. I mean, I was I was I was a guy that had this penciled in as a loss. So I predicted a loss. Uh, I felt like that if you won this game, it would it would propel me to think that you're going to get bowl eligible. I think many thought that in order for Tech to get bowl eligible, that this was a game that you had to have. So some might say this was expected. Some like me would say, okay, I think that's that's an extra win that I didn't have us getting. I, I had you winning the game uh, before the season, mm-hmm. and when we picked last Friday, um, I thought you'd win it more comfortably. I thought you'd look better. Not necessarily that you would blow them out or anything like that, but I, I I thought you would look better than you did on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, I echo Jamie almost 100% there. The expected I expected 2-0. But I have not been impressed with what we have seen, especially last. I was very impressed with week one. 
I was very impressed. Yeah. I mean, I fully mm-hmm. well known that I don't think Murray State is great, mm-hmm. anything like that. I, I but there were there were things this Saturday that uh, the question marks that we had. Um, there were things this Saturday that have me more concerned than I was going into the game. I think specifically, you'd say offensive line and kicker. Is that what is that what you'd say? Sure. Yeah, but then would you say that the defensive line and the linebackers have played better than what you? What you thought going into the season? Unfortunately, uh, well, no, I, I don't want to say unfortunately. Yes, it would be my answer. Um, I, I was going to say unfortunately, you just can't take away too much from Murray State. No, but they played well against Houston. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was very happy with yeah, the defense. I, th- I thought they put pressure on uh, Clayton Tune and uh, you know harassed him back there. And I think anytime you don't give up, I, I think anytime until we've kind of done it a number of times, a Tech defense doesn't give up over a hundred yards rushing against either what you would declare a dual-threat quarterback or a team that has a pulse with a running game, I think you should feel good about that. Sure. Because I do feel like I do feel like the defense played more than well enough to win the game. Yeah, the defense is the reason you won that game. Yeah. No question. Yeah. No question. And, and no been, question to what Chuck said also. You know, and there have been so many times when, you know, the offense played more than well enough to win the game and the defense couldn't get a stop to save its soul. Mm-hmm. So, script is flipped a little bit, and I think I think if you're better defensively than you are offensively, you win more games. But you would like to shore some things up along that offensive line, and and make your kicking game a little bit more solid. Feel a little bit more confident about it. Will you buy into some of that? Uh, definitely, in the NFL, I agree that if you're better defensively than you are offensively. You're going to tend to win more games. College football might be a little bit different, but just because we've seen some pretty some, explosive games, yeah, yeah, and we've seen some pretty bad offenses that are losing games, low-scoring games. But yeah, I, I I can't disagree with you. I, I just don't know that I'm 100 percent one way or the other on that one okay. in college football. Okay, that's fair. Seven twenty. Five this morning here on the morning drive. Jamie's question of the day is next. Uh, I do want to get to some Cowboys this morning. We will get to that. I do want to get to some more things from Coach McGuire, particularly the last drive of regulation, and uh, get to that a little bit. But uh, I, I will say this: uh, you're two and zero. You play North Carolina State. Some would say you are where you're supposed to be. Maybe don't exactly like how you totally got there on Saturday. But again, I point this out as I did on Saturday night. It's a game under a lot of coaches uh, previously that you would have lost this game. And they found a way to win. And credit to the players uh, for making that happen on uh, Saturday night. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. What you got there, Buttercup? All right, Chuck. Today's question of the day. Rolls Red Raider football. Not Mm -hmm. surprising. My question to you is, do you feel better or worse about the Red Raiders' chances of making a bowl game after Saturday's game? Uh, better, because I had this one as a loss. So, um, 
I, I realize you've got things that you need to shore up uh, with the offensive line, kicking game, but I think the defense's ability to put pressure on the quarterback and and tackle clean and the way that this team is pretty disciplined from a penalty standpoint, I feel I feel better. Jeff? Same. And I know that's not an option of what you're looking for, so I guess I would lean toward better, but not a lot better. Um, I had you starting 2-0. You haven't hit the hard part of your schedule yet. It, the hard part of your schedule really starts this week for me, being on the road versus top 25 team, coming up against a Texas team that looked really good against Alabama in a loss. Um, there's still a lot of meat left on your schedule that you have to take care of business for. Um, I haven't seen enough to say go from five to six wins yet. Okay. Well, I'm the one of the three of us that had the Red Raiders predicted to go to a bowl game before the season started. Right. And I'll tell you that I think I feel a little bit worse about the chances after Saturday. I had you at 2-0, and um, but I, I know we can't do the whole, you know, you see Houston not play great against UTSA, find a way to win, Okay. And then I also look at UTSA barely winning against Army this weekend, which I don't think is a great college program, but football team. Um, and then I see the Red Raiders, you know, it, at times it felt like Tech should have put them away and could have won this game much easier. Um, but then at times, I mean, ultimately by the end of it, we're like, wow, we escaped. Okay, because Houston should have beat you. You know, should have beat you because they were up three with – however many seconds left when, when you get the ball and you found a way. I, I just, the, the worries and the concerns that I have with the offensive line and what that means for your quarterback and your running game, I mean, they were magnified. Now, I am holding out a little bit of hope, as I said to you earlier, that Houston legitimately is a really good defensive front, and they will be comparable of what you will see in the Big 12 Conference. But there's also part of me that says, uh, if Houston's able to do that to your offensive line, what's the kind of talent that, that Texas or Oklahoma or you know Baylor and teams that you got to, some of those teams you've got to beat to get to six and six. So I don't know, this was such a strange game where you could feel good about things, but then when you just look at how they played for the most part, I mean, you didn't take care of the football. You you didn't you didn't block well at all, and just some special team gaffes. I mean, this how many times have we seen over the years that you know special teams cost you a game, and and it was really bad this weekend, as far as I'm concerned. So. I don't know. I think I, I I was crazy excited and yelling and screaming when Donovan ran, ran it in for a touchdown on Saturday, and I'm excited about it and excited about what you know, winning the game and beating Houston, a team I really don't like. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about all that, but I think I'm I was a little bit discouraged and and just a little bit because I mean may, maybe Saturday was just you didn't play well. Maybe, maybe your offensive line's better than that. Maybe your quarterback is going to make better decisions than he made in that game. But there was a lot not to like also in that game. Okay. Uh, what do you think? 7.34 this morning on the morning drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Morning Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app. And uh, it's presented by Happy State Bank. Um, Coach McGuire did say with regard to the second half, can't turn it over, um, obviously. 
Um, he, he thought it was uh, fun to hear the purge. Um, I was disappointed that they couldn't get the third turnover. They felt like even with the three turnovers that uh, Donovan had, if they got a third turnover, that they'd win the ball game. They ended up winning the ball game. They didn't need the third. They didn't need the third turnover. Um, <clears throat> I do feel like that they can play better. Um, he he said, Coach McGuire did. He said he felt like the offensive line played well on the last drive. He did say, got to fix the O line, got to get better at it, got to watch the tape. They want to see if they're getting the ball out on time. From the, I mean, that's not all the problem with the with the offensive line, but they want to see how what's what's going on with getting the ball snapped, you know, and if it, is it going out on what they would say on time. Yeah, that's that's not really about the snap. That's that's about your quarterback looking for his first read, and is he getting getting the ball out quick, and um, or is he confused in what he's seeing, and you know, because when the quarterback's at the line of scrimmage and he's surveying the defense. And he's saying hut one, hut two, hut three. That was me being very simple there. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's looking at the defense and he's figuring my first option here is I wanted to do what? Okay. Now after the ball snapped, then he has to make the decision. Okay, did they take that away? Did they disguise what they were doing? And it threw me off. So I now now need to look to, to secondary um, options. Okay. So is Donovan reading the defense like he like you want him to be able to do, and is then he figuring out what his number one option should be, and then the ball snapped to him, and he's going to that option, or is he confused of what he's seeing, and he's not making the right reads? Mm-hmm. Th- that's a question that I can't answer, but I, I I I'm not smart enough to answer that. Okay, I'm just being honest, but at the same time. I will say that it felt to me like the pressure was coming way quicker than than it needed to be. Well, it's it it was numerous times coming from right up the middle where it just it felt like, and then the guy off the edge, zero off the edge, was just. I mean, that guy was fantastic. Yeah, and they they knew that going into the game. They they had cited him and forty four and ninety nine. Yeah, but it just didn't it, it just didn't feel like he had time to really survey the, the defense and let a receiver get open down the field much yeah. at all. Uh, he was asked about, uh, was there at any point in time did they feel like that they were going to put in Baron Morton? And he said no. Um, he said that uh, at quarterback, sometimes when bad things happen, you want them to fight through it. And that's what we did today. Yeah, and, and he made plays down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously the the run, the 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 pull down and run in the first play of the last drive of regulation was massive. Yeah. 28 yard gain or mm-hmm. whatever that was. 28 was right. That's when you're like, oh, okay, you got a chance here. That was huge. Mm-hmm. That maybe was the biggest play of the game. Might have been. That mm-hmm. was huge. Uh, so that was a big play. And and then, I, I mean, the fourth and 20 play was fantastic as well. Because again, immediate pressure. Immediately he's out of the pocket rolling hard to his right and it wasn't one of those rolls where it's like okay i'm moseying over there mm-hmm. i mean he's going hard to his right and bradley cuts back and, and bradley did a great job of moving with his receiver to get in his passing and er, getting his vision and bradley did a terrific job as well but that's a great play by donovan there great play so you can see 
the talent is there. You can see this young man, just like we always loved about Mahomes, could make plays when things break down. But, I mean, there were just some other decisions that were made by Donovan that, you know, you, you, you scratched your head on. The last interception, I will say this, I would have liked to have seen Fungi compete for that ball. I mean, so the pass is a little bit underthrown, a little bit, which we saw more than once on Saturday, okay? And Loke just basically just kept running and made it an easy interception for the receiver. Okay, you see that it's a little bit underthrown. Slow down and at least get your hands up there in, in, in battle so it's not an easy pick, which it ended up being. I just think the receiver on that play is obligated to kind of help his quarterback out. It was a bad pass. I'm not saying that's Fungie's sure. fault. Mm-hmm. But at least try, be, become a defensive back at that point, and don't let him have an easy pick. Fungie just kept kept running, and it made it inc- incredibly easy for the defensive back. I mean, throw throw your foot in the turf, stop, and reach up and compete for, compete for the ball, and that didn't happen. I, I would have liked to see him compete a little bit more on that play. Seven forty this morning on the morning drive. Brian notes that Morton did get in. For one play, right? It was <laughs> tight end. <laughs> yeah, and and they had they had a trick play set up there, and Donovan slipped, and they didn't get to do what they wanted to do there. But uh, at any rate, um, at quarterback, he was not going to play. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Oh, let's see here. Um, Chuck never been. So happy for you to be so wrong. This is from Team Money 806. Can anyone explain why OT2 they didn't flip possessions? Um, I I heard this, but I can't I, I can't remember the explanation on. Okay, so I think each time it's a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Houston won the toss. They chose to, to play offense first. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they got a choice. So the second one, overtime, it's now Texas Tech's choice. Am I right there? Mm-hmm. And so Texas Tech had their choice, and their choice was to play defense first. Defense, yeah, yeah I think you're so right. So each time the it team gets a choice. Gets a choice. It's not, I, the way I understand it, it's not flipped mm-hmm. from what happened in the first overtime. Mm-hmm. It's this team got a choice the first time. This team gets a choice yeah, the second time. That's exactly right. You have two different coaching staffs with with conflicting different, styles. Different philosophy. Right. Different philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well said. And um, that's why you saw it the same both times. Yeah. And I think it benefited the Red Raiders. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, that was. Uh, and when you don't get the choice of going first or second, you get the choice of which end zone you go into. So if you are the visiting team mm-hmm. and don't get the choice and have to play defense first, you can choose to, or play offense first, if, depending on how the choice went, you can choose to go not into the student section. Yeah, right. They, right, right. They, they wanted to do, uh, to not to do that. Uh, let's see here. I, I can explain, I can explain this because somebody has a, a comment on getting into the game. Um, the scanners that weren't working. Basically, it was it was a nationwide problem with people that had not downloaded their tickets. So if you didn't download your ticket to your phone until until Saturday, there was a nationwide problem. So every 
stadium in the country had a problem with people downloading their tickets because of some kind of computer problem. And it wasn't just Texas Tech. It was the company that, that does this. And so if you had not downloaded your tickets until Saturday on your phone, like you get them in the email from the ticket office or whatever. Um, so that was, that, was the, that was the problem. And I was told 10,000 people didn't do that here Saturday. It's believable. I mean, I guess I would say even even the people who are OCD and all that are not going to download it days in advance normally, I would assume. You know, that morning, maybe they're like, oh, I'll get this ready for tonight or this afternoon, whatever. It would, and maybe maybe they were non-season ticket holders because even even low-tech Chuck here downloaded so, ours, all of our season tickets into my into my phone. So were they able to get in? Yeah, I think they were eventually able to get in. It just it just was a problem. Yeah. It would just it just slowed the that's, line. Yeah, that stinks. Yeah, for everyone involved. Yeah, but I don't know that anybody missed the kickoff as a result of that. So I don't I don't I don't know. I just know that it wasn't it wasn't a Texas Tech problem. It was a nationwide problem. Okay, uh, eight twenty two this morning here on the morning drive. I did want to get to this because I thought it was really uh, important. You know, with regard to the ball game. So Tech goes down twenty to seventeen, and you get the ball with thirty seven seconds left. Uh, here's Coach Joy McGuire talking about that drive that sends the game into overtime with Trey Wolf culmination field goal. Well, Kitley was fired up, so when Kitley's fired up, I'm usually excited. You know, he, uh, our, our guys, man, I mean, that's why you play the game and you coach. Uh, you know, you want to play in these games. Uh, I'll tell you what was really cool about, I'm going to skip back to defense really quick, but. When I first got here, I started talking to the defense about, you know, putting out fires. And when bad things happen, get up off the bench and, and get ready to go play because, you know, spectators are on the bench. You know, football players are on the field. And they had that mentality. Rabbit kept saying that, like, hey, we get to go play. We get to go play. We get to go play. And so it was good. But I thought the offense, um, man, they're really good up front on defense. Zero, nine, and 44 are, are really good really good players and uh, they had a really good scheme I mean we ended up giving up six sacks um, and I thought the uh, we got the drive started and then I thought the offensive line played well getting us down there to get the field goal and and really so Houston after the interception gets the ball at the Texas Tech 21 and and probably Jamie where they where they might have lost the game is throwing an incomplete pass on second down. Yeah, and on a safe pass. Yeah. I mean, a little screen pass to the short side of the field, uh, the tech side, and a short. Again, you want it to be safe because the last thing you want is an incompletion to stop the clock. Mm-hmm. That I mean, the Houston fans got to be looking at that play right there and saying, that cost us the game. Because that saved a bunch of time saved and or and or a timeout, mm-hmm. okay, and uh, saved saved your time there. That was huge. That was massive. And I I've always said that when you're trying to make like a one of those last second long drives, the first play is so important because if it goes for sure and you got to use a timeout or it goes for nothing or your worst case you know you get sacked or whatever it just feels like oh man this is now an impossible task but instead on the first play you get a 28 yard run and yep. you get out of bounds by Donovan Smith and that at that point 
I mean, heading into the drive, I would have said Tech's chances were, you know, at, I don't know, 25% from getting it done. After that first play, I mean, I felt like it was 75%. And so to me, that th- those two plays were just absolutely massive, massive. Yeah. In, the, in the culmination of regulation. And so then you go uh, deep uh, to Loic Fungi, uh, Fungi for 11 yards, and then you get a pass to Bradley for 10 to the Houston 27, and then uh, the kneel down. Basically, they they put the ball where, where Trey Wolf wanted it. That's why Smith went yep. did what he did. It was a loss of two yards, and then uh, Trey Wolf kicks the 47-yard field goal to tie the game and uh, send you into uh, overtime. So that sequence of plays there were really critical, just like – in the first half, the stop, and then the touchdown going into halftime. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.